This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Art Wiederman. I've been a dental-specific CPA for, now I get to say, almost 37 years. My goodness, it's a long time to be doing one thing. And um, I am a very proud dental division director, or you know, we talk about PPP, so I guess I'm a DDD. I'm a dental division director at the CPA firm of Ide Bailey. We, uh, uh, we joined Ide Bailey uh, almost, it's been almost a year now. My goodness, time flies when you're having fun. And I will tell you folks, I am so proud to be a member of this firm. Uh, everybody from top to bottom at Ide Bailey has been so wonderful. And um, one of the friends I've made at Ide Bailey and I are going to be talking to you today about my favorite topic, the employee retention tax credit. So um, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to kind of give you an update. We've been talking about this employee retention tax credit on all the podcasts. We've done a couple of special podcasts. We've done webinars. And we are now deep into the weeds and helping our clients not only get full forgiveness of their PPP1 loan, that's Paycheck Protection Program loan, but we are also getting them tens, I'm not kidding, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of free government money from the employee retention tax credit. So my good friend Jim Donovan is the um, uh, head honcho, chief cook and bottle washer of our firm's ERTC group. Um, When I first met Jim, his hair was dark. Uh, I'm seeing a little gray in the picture. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he has been working with his whole team and I've been working and everybody's been working tirelessly to get all these projects done. And, and what we're going to do today, folks, is we're going to kind of tell you what lessons we've learned from the new rules and actually how this is working out. And it's really working out well. I mean, we, we are seeing some incredible success and ways to tweak this. So is it too late? No. So we're going we're gonna to get to that in a minute. So Jim and I are going to give you the updates as to what's going on, filing for forgiveness. If you haven't thought about that, that's something we need to kind of get you to be thinking about. And also, uh, if you meet some of these rules, there's a, there's a lot of government money. And by the way, 
if you haven't come all the way back for 2021, if you think 2020 was good, oh my goodness, 2021 is so much better. So I'll, I'll bring Jim on in a minute, but I just want to share a couple things with you. Make sure that you go on to the website of our partner, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine. Uh, we've been partners with Decisions in Dentistry and Lorraine Kent's group for the better part of a over uh, getting close to two years now, I think. And they are just wonderful. They have uh, uh, clinical content. It's a clinical magazine. They've, they've uh, partnered up with us uh, on the business side because this is uh, something that they've wanted to kind of bring to the table. And, 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 and they've been a wonderful, wonderful marketing partner with us. So if you do not subscribe to their magazine, you should. If you haven't gone on their website, it's www.decisionsanddentistry.com. Um, and basically, uh, you can go on there. You can read all the content. They have over 140 continuing education courses that are uh, just second to none for a very, very reasonable price. Uh, so go onto their website. And if you're looking for a complimentary consultation with either me, because we're in Southern California, uh, or with any member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, just go on there and mark the box and we'll we'll get to you and uh, see what we can do to help you out. Maybe get some free government money. Maybe you can show me how to get some free government money. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, and if you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, Ide Bailey is uh, one of the members of the Academy of Dental CPAs. We work with about 800 dentists, uh, mostly in the Western United States. I'm in Southern California. Uh, if you're anywhere in the United States, the ADCPA has got you covered. Go to www.adcpa.org. Uh, if you're not working with a dental CPA, and that is what I do and what our group does, uh, you should be. There's lots of benefits of that that we've talked about all over the place. So anyway, so like I say today, uh, oh, one more thing, uh, our dental uh, series, uh, our, we're doing a series every month. Uh, on the business of dentistry for six local dental societies in Southern California. And uh, go to our website, which is www.idebailey.com forward slash dental series, or just email me if you want to be registered for our dental series. Um, this podcast is going to come out, I believe, on uh, June 9th. We're recording it on June 2nd. And uh, that night, we're doing a webinar uh, with my good friend Mark Johnson out of St. Louis on student loans and how to navigate around student loan debt and how to get it paid off fast. He's a master at that. In July, I've got my good friend Gary Takis, who's going to talk about how to his his pet life project, which is how to get dentists to reduce their dependency on insurance. And then we've got a lot of other great things coming up. So go to www.idebailey.com dot com backslash dental series and go to our YouTube channel. I Bailey has all the stuff. If you want to see my friend Jim and his buddy Joe in, in all their glory talking about ERTC and PPP and HBO and ESPN, they, they, they talk about all of it. So uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, we've got all of my webinars. So, so we got all that stuff, lots of stuff to help the dentist. Be sure to check out our new Ide Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. I met Jim Donovan about six months ago. Jim is a partner uh, at Ide Bailey in our Minneapolis, Minnesota office. Uh, and Jim has been anointed by the firm as our 
head ERTC guy. So he is managing, I'll let him tell you, about 20 to 25 people and lots of projects. And and like I say, what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of tell you what we've learned since uh, December 27th when the law changed and March 1st when they came out with Notice 2021-20, which has kind of been our little um, you know, script of how we do this. So Mr. Jim Donovan, my golfing buddy, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Well, thank you, Art. Um, I really appreciate you having me today. And uh, I'll tell you what, the first thing we learned um, post-December 27th was a heck of a lot more people qualify for this credit. Uh, so oh, it's been it, a fun it, ride. It, it, it's amazing, Jim. I mean, we we look, I mean, obviously we're talking to dentists, you're working with dentists and other folks, but um, I mean, isn't it interesting how many people, how many businesses in this country were so severely affected by the pandemic? Now, for the dentist, it was the second quarter. For other businesses, was it mostly the second quarter that they had the 50% reductions or was it was it other quarters too? It's other quarters too. It, it was interesting. Just It really varied by industry um, because there was a lag on some that they would you know, they had contracts in place. Q2 was okay, but then they got hurt in Q3 or Q4. And, you know, you just had a lot of things that didn't go back to normal. Um, you know, schools didn't start on time. So it, it just impacted different businesses in different ways. But but you're seeing a lot of our clients are eligible for this. So that, that's what we're going to talk about. And I, I again, we're going to talk about what have we learned? How does it work? And, and now that we're in the weeds on this and and, you know, how can we do this? And there's a lot of you um, and again, you know, we're going to get into this, whether you file for forgiveness or not, I think we can get you a lot of money. So let's talk about how to do it. Jim, let's, let's start off by talking about a little bit of this history. So the, the PPP and the, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but let's kind of give everybody who's been kind of sleeping for the last 15 months. Um, so the ERTC and the PPP were both created by the CARES Act back in March of last year, right? So kind of talk about a little bit of the history. Yeah, absolutely, Art. So you're correct. So the CARES Act came out and we had two, you know, we had a lot of provisions in there, but two of the big ones were PPP. I mean, that one got all the, the headlines right. And ERTC flew a little bit under the radar. Uh, and the provisions at the time were mutually exclusive. Um, so if you were taking advantage of the PPP loan, you you really couldn't take advantage of ERTC. And so it was out there and certainly some companies did or organizations did, but uh, for the most part, PPP was uh, really the sought after program. You know, then you get into December of last year and you have this giant law change um, where they retroactively changed it and said, hey, if you took PPP, now you can go back and take ERTC as well. Um, so you had a lot of companies that, gosh, they just said, you know what, I'm not even going to look at ERTC, don't care if I qualify because I'm taking PPP. Now we're going back and saying, gosh, you know what? There's a lot of money available uh, via the ERTC credit, especially in Q2 for our dentists, um, that, you know, there's a chance to really double up on this provision and and put some cash in your pocket. Oh, ton, ton. So let's quickly go through. There, there's really two ways, Jim, you and I, uh, I I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say you and I are in the advanced class on ERTC. That's for sure. There's two ways, guys, that you qualify. The first one is a 50% reduction. So great, greater than greater than 50%. So Jim, talk about that for a second. Absolutely. So this is a quarterly analysis. Um, and again, for our dental clients, um, you're really looking at a greater than 50% decline in gross receipts 
in quarter two of 2020 versus quarter two of 2019. 2019 is always going to be that quote unquote base year um, because it's effectively the last normal year before the pandemic. Um, so we're always comparing gross receipts back to 2019. And if you had that greater than 20% decline in gross receipts, you can qualify for the entire quarter. You meant 50%, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Jim and I are just so, I mean, I don't even remember. I might have called my wife Lynn by a different name. I mean, th- this is just crazy. We're just, it's all ERTC all the time. So 20, 50, 80, I mean, it, it, you know, but. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead to the 2021 rules. That's so. right. Yeah. Because those numbers are much bigger, but yeah, no. The second way to qualify. So, you know, again, that's kind of the bright line rule is, uh, hey, we met that greater than 50% decline in gross receipts. The other way to qualify is due to a government order. So if you had a state that came out and said, you know what, we are going to shut down elective procedures. This applies to dental offices. um, And basically, you had to shut down due to that government order. You couldn't perform certain operations or you had to reduce the, the number of hours you could be open. Um, if a government order was in place that suspended your operations, you can qualify for the ERTC for the period of time that the government order was in place. Um, so it's not as lucrative um, in terms of you know, qualifying uh, for a larger period of time under a gross receipts test where you get an entire quarter. Um, but the the elective procedures or reduced hours uh, under the government orders, in a lot of states, it may give you you know a month and a half or two months that you could qualify for the credit. That that that's right. And and I just want to touch briefly. Most of the folks, Jim, that listen to our podcast are solo owners. Maybe they own one practice. Maybe they own two. Uh, we do have uh, DSO folks listening. People that own multiple practices. Um, that we've got a, a podcast coming out in, a, in about a month with a uh, with the CEO of a of a group that owns twenty seven practices, and we're going to talk about that subject. But um, so, if we have somebody who's listening, say, you know, I, I have uh, I have I own ten practices, I own fifteen practices, I own five practices, well, more ten or fifteen. If they have more than a hundred employees in twenty twenty, I know there's a special rule, right? So you're absolutely right, Art. Um, Basically, if you have more than 100 full-time employees, and it's a different calculation than under PPP, you know, it's a full-time equivalent calc. So the rules are a little bit different. But basically, if you have 100 or less full-time employees, you can take the ERC or ERTC on everyone. Uh, If you're over that 100 threshold, you can only take the credit on those being paid but not providing services. Um, and where that comes into play is, gosh, if you furloughed um, individuals during the pandemic, uh, you know, you're shut down, you, you furloughed people, you're still paying their health care. We can qualify those costs for the ERTC. So there's still an opportunity there. Yeah. And 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 we'll talk about that in a little bit. So so those are the two rules. Most of our folks are meeting the 50 percent reduction in the second quarter. And that that's that's it's got to be greater than 50 percent. We've had a couple at 49.92. We had two of them. And I said, go back into your general ledger, talk to your bookkeeper, find out if you got a refund from Henry Schein or Patterson that's in there. Look at your patient refunds. And we actually had one doctor that was able to qualify and we went through it with a fine tooth comb. So so, you know, we, it's an either or. So we, we get that. So so. 
Now, let's talk about the timing of all this. So let's kind of lay out a time frame, Jim. So most of our dentists, most of America got their first PPP loans in sometime between, if I remember correctly, President Trump told, former President Trump told former Secretary of the Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, on, I want to say it was April 3rd, you will roll this program out on April 5th. It was something like that. It was right around then. And I think from what I remember, there were two national banks that came out with it on April 5th. But the earliest I saw a PPP loan uh, was about the 15th of April. Does that sound about right to you? I would, yeah, I would agree. I'd say mid-April is generally when yeah. we're seeing a lot of them start. So mid-April gets us to a point where your 24-week period runs into uh, end of September, beginning of October. And then, so let's say your 24-week period ends on October 1st. So you take your date, you got the money, you add 24 weeks, then you're at October 1st. You then have 10 months to file for forgiveness, okay? You can file afterwards, but then you got to start making payments and there's special rules on that. So we're trying to get everybody filed before the 10 months. So most of the 10 months will end for many of you anywhere between end of July and um, end of August. That's pretty much our goal at I Bailey is to try and get everybody done by the middle to end of July, I think is what the goal is, Jim, pretty much. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that, that's our goal. So so is it too late? No, it's not too late. Um, and there's lots of money on the table. So Jim, what have you seen for, for businesses that have maybe five to 15 employees, which is a lot of the folks listening here, what kind of what kind of ERTCs are you seeing? What kind of numbers are we talking about? Just average what you're seeing. You know, that's a great question, Art. And I'm seeing anything range from 10 grand up to to really 40 or 50k. Um, it it really does depend on the practice, but uh, gosh, the the credits are pretty nice. Well, and if you've got a big practice, I mean, we have a uh, you know we have a big practice, and they listen to my podcast, so they may know that I'm talking about them. Uh, they have about, I think it's about 32 employees, and we just finished their analysis, and they're, um, we were able to get them full, we will be able to get them full PPP forgiveness on an almost $400,000 loan, and I think we ended up around 155000 for an ERTC. It, it's just, I mean, it's free money in your pocket, so no, it's not too late to do this. So, when they came up with this rule, Jim, they came up with the, you know, when they came up with this thing in December, uh, you know, you and I talked and it's like, okay, well, that's great. You got this new rule, but you and I are looking at each other and saying, well, we don't really know how to do this. They haven't told us the rules. They haven't given us, uh, as my dear friend, Dr. Phil Potter, who I've worked with for years in our uh, practice transitions business, he usually uses a term called the rules of the knife fight. We didn't know the rules of the knife fight, Jim. Well, on March 1, we got the rules. So how do we slice and dice all these wages and and, and do this? Great question, Art. So you're right. On March 1, we got notice 21-20, which is, you know, 98 or 102 pages of fun guidance to read, right? And a lot of it deals with PPP overlap um, because we can't take the same wages for both the PPP forgiveness and the employee retention credit. But what the the guidance allows is it allows for us to move money around 
to maximize PPP forgiveness as well as maximize the employee retention tax credit. Um, basically, anywhere within that covered period, uh, as long as we identify enough wages for PPP forgiveness, um, we can use that period. So if we can push PPP forgiveness out into Q3, for example, uh, that frees up more money for the employee retention credit in Q2. Now, so the employee retention credit, folks, here's how this works. So number one, you qualify either under the government order, not likely for dentists, or more than likely you meet the 50% test. So once you meet the 50% test, Jim, as I understand it, uh, if we meet it for Q2, we meet it for every quarter until we don't have a 20% reduction in gross receipts. So if we meet it for Q2, we automatically meet it through the end of Q3, right? That's correct. So basically, it's a, it's a funky rule. Um, you have to have a rebound quarter where gross receipts are you know, basically up over 80% of the prior year, same quarter. Um, yeah, but basically, once you qualify, you continue to qualify until you have that rebound quarter. Now, one thing that I've learned, and let's talk about this for a second, is when we do our analyses, and we'll talk about how we do our analyses in a second, we look at the second, third, and the fourth quarter. First quarter doesn't really matter. But for the third quarter, we are finding some dentists, not a lot, but some that are down by 20%. So if they're down by 20% in the third quarter and we can use the fourth quarter wages for ERC, isn't that huge? It is. Um, basically, for ERTC, you, you max out each employee um, at $10,000 of wages. You can throw in some health plan expenses. So, you know, the key is to identifying 10K um, across that effectively what's nine months, right? Um, but if we can get there with just Q4, um, gosh, it makes it easy because we could just amending one payroll tax return. Uh, and again, you're maxing out your credit. You're cl completely outside your PPP window. Uh, it just makes life a lot cleaner. So let's take a, a, a simple example. I've got a dental practice that has 10 employees. Eight of those employees are full-time employees. So they qualify for Q2 and Q3. I've got eight employees and each of them made $10,000. And remember, folks, when you took out your PPP loan, it was based on two and a half months of payroll. But you had five and a half months to spend it. Now, some of you didn't pay people for eight to 10 to 12 weeks. But still, we're finding, Jim, that a lot of the folks spent 200% of their PPP loan on payroll. So we have lots of wages to slice and dice uh, in this situation. So I have, you know, 10 employees, eight of them made $10,000 in com combined Q1, Q2, which is, you know, what's $10,000 divided by six months is about 1600 a month, which is not a lot. And I don't care if you're in Beverly Hills or in, uh, you know, wherever, wherever you are, you know, to, to pay a dental employee 1600 a month is not unreasonable. So a lot of our guys are making uh, $10,000. $10, so I have $80,000 $80, in allowable wages, and my credit is 50% of that for 2020, right, Jim? That's a $40,000 tax-free, right? Yep. Well, no. Not well, exactly. Well, no, no. Well, okay. Well, we'll get into, I mean, the, the 40000 tax-free, but then what do we have to do? So great question. So it is treated as taxable income on your 2020 tax return. Right, right. So 
there's a tax effect to that. Yeah. So, and the reason they do that, folks, is that 40,000 of wages you're deducting on your S Corp or your partnership or your sole proprietorship, and you can't double dip. So, we're not going to let the government's not going to let you take a tax credit for 40,000 and a wage deduction. So, yeah. So, most of you are going to be down because, by the way, Jim, there was a pandemic in 2020. Just a small one. A small one, right? So you're you're going to be down. Many of our dentists were down 10, 15, 20% for the year. And that all drops to the bottom line. And when you have a dental practice that's got a profit margin of 30 to 40%, we're seeing our doctors way down. So you're in a lower bracket. You might be in a 22 or 24% bracket. So you might have to give up, you know, a quarter or a fifth of the of the credit. Uh, but but still, if I get a forty thousand dollar credit, and I got to give up, let's just say nine thousand dollars in in taxes, that's still thirty one thousand dollars in my pocket, right? I mean that that's very very cool. Now, one of the things is l- let's talk about if a dentist is uh, filed for forgiveness, because uh, a lot of you listening say, "Well, I've already filed and I, I'm not eligible." Well, that's not true. Let let's talk about that for a minute. Great question, Art. And so, you know, the reality is, again, kind of going back to the whole PPP covered period, the fact that we can move the money around inside um, means we can probably free up dollars for ERTC. The other thing that's in play here is, let's say, you know, just for basic example, you had a $100,000 PPP one loan. now, you could have put up to 40% of non-payroll cost on there. So that, again, frees up more money for ERTC. Uh, alternatively, you know, we, we've definitely heard where banks push back, right? And they said, hey, just give me payroll. Uh, it's just easier. Well, let's say you put $150,000 on that payroll application because you wanted to make sure that, or that PPP application, um, because you wanted to make sure you got full forgiveness, Right. Well, what the government's basically said is, hey, you know what? Even though you put 150,000 on there, uh, you can go reach into that 50,000 that's over that, you know, your loan amount and claw that back for ERTC. Um, and there's really, you know, like we have flexibility in what dollars we grab for ERTC. And, and and the great thing about this is, so when we do this analysis, I want to get into kind of what, get in the weeds on what you're seeing, what we're doing. So we do these analyses, we pull all the payroll and we have to put down every single payroll check into, into a spreadsheet. Uh, one of our team members, um, I'll, I'll do a shout out to, to two of our team members, uh, Henry in our Tustin office and Vince, I think is in Salt Lake City. Uh, the two of them are just ridiculous, stupid computer math geniuses, uh, uh, you know, and um, they 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 took kind of our ideas and they turned it into a spreadsheet that someone at Caltech and MIT would be very proud of. And it does all these calculations for you. And and we're seeing that if even if you file for forgiveness, Jim, in our spreadsheet, when we do the calculation, we can go down. Remember, you only need to use 60 percent of your loan amount for payroll. So if we use 60%, that leaves another 40% for rent and utilities and all the other stuff you can use it for. But that leaves that 40%. So in your example, say it's a $100,000 loan. We only have to put down $60,000 for PPP. And then we can use that other $40,000 for ERTC. But even if you file for forgiveness, and most of our doctors we've seen who have filed for forgiveness, Jim, 
have put down either all the payroll they paid, which might be a 200,000, 150 in your case, um, or they just put down the amount of their PPP loan amount. We're only losing 40,000 and we're still, aren't we still seeing as you and I have done these analyses that even with the forgiveness application being filed, we're still able to maximize a lot of these employees at $10,000 to get the 5,000 per employee credit, right? Absolutely right, Art. And really kind of in my numbers earlier, you know, that I think that's part of the factor uh, because we have had a lot of doctors file for forgiveness already. Um, and so that's why the numbers are probably a little bit on the lower side when I say 10 to, you know, up to 40 or 50K, um, it, where we can actually get in and, and do the analysis before they file for forgiveness. Those numbers are higher. So. Oh, no. And and, and that's that's where. So let's talk about kind of how the process would work. And, um, uh, you know, folks, you guys have listened to me for two and a half years. This is a great opportunity to 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 really help your practice. I mean, you know, you can use this money to fund your kid's college education. You could use this money to fund your retirement plan. Um, you know, the government has made these rules. We didn't, uh, we're not just like making up some secret rules that we're not telling anybody about. This is, this is all well-documented and well-supported by, you know, notice 2021 20, 20-20 and all the stuff that we've been reading that Jim and I are about ready to throw up over. But, uh, you know, basically, so, so what we've done for the dentist is we, we do a complimentary pre-analysis. So we've created a little mini spreadsheet that we can use that, that's pretty darn close to the final answer. And we figure out, you know, we slice and dice your employees. And like Jim was saying, we're, we're finding, you know, from my doctors that have, you know, maybe 10 total employees, maybe eight of them are full time. We're seeing 30, 40, 50, $60,000 credits. If you have a practice that's two, two and a half, $3 million and, even if you file for the forgiveness, I mean, we're seeing six-figure credits, Jim, aren't we? We are. Yes. It, it doesn't take a whole lot to get there sometimes. Um, yeah. So so if you are a dentist and if you have not engaged your CPA to do this, and unfortunately, we're seeing that uh, I, I get a lot of emails from all over the country every week from people. I asked my CPA. They don't even know. They don't know how this works. We can help you. Um, and so send me an email at a Wiederman, W I E D E R M A W I E D E R M A N at I'd Bailey, E I D E B A I L L Y.com or call me at six, five, seven, two, seven, nine, three, two, four, three. Uh, we will add you to the list and, uh, don't wait till July 29th, please, please call us sooner, but we can help you. We can definitely help you with this. So if the so we're saying if the dentist has filed for forgiveness, we can get this for them and we can get them a nice uh, a nice number and stuff. Um, so we can also be creative because we're allowed to slice and dice this anyway. I'll, I'll give you an example, Jim. So we have a doctor who called me up and said, "Art, I, I, it's about two and a half million dollar practice. We've already filed for forgiveness." Uh, so I that's why I didn't call you. I said, "No, no, no. I'll tell you what. Send me your stuff. Let me take a look at it." What this doctor did, Jim, was he took his wages, he he methodically plotted his wages from the date he got his loan, which was you know April 19th or something, until I think it was August 2nd, when he hit the amount of his PPP loan in wages. So I said, you know, that means that since you qualify for the second and third quarter and you specifically 
notated that you used wages for PPP up to August 2nd. I can use all your wages for the month of August and September for ERC. We got that doctor an $80,000 credit. Did I get that right, Jim? Yep, absolutely. So, so if you had some folks that when they've done their forgiveness, they've tracked some of the wages or uh, what are most people putting down? Are they just putting down what the amount of their loan is? What are they doing? So what we're seeing is, and we're really only requesting the forgiveness applications. Well, a lot of our clients, yes, they've done very detailed analysis um, and spreadsheets that they've done in-house, but haven't shared with the SBA, which is perfectly fine by us. Um, the fact that they're just putting a single number on there uh, for payroll costs gives us more flexibility. Um, in those cases where they have shared more information with the SBA, you know, I, I, we've worked around it uh, for the most part. It hasn't been too much of an issue. Yeah, so th- there, there's some great, great opportunity. So so let's talk for a second about doctors that have more than one location, because we, I do know we have a lot of those listening. So they have these rules, and as all you know, I don't do well with anything over three syllables. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try. There are aggregation rules, those four syllables, right? Okay. So aggregation rules, and so Jim, if a doctor owns like three practices, and two of them are over fifty percent reduction, but one isn't, can they do them all separately, or how, how does that have to work? Great question. So if they own all three practices, um, and it depends on how much they own, right? Uh, You know, we may have to aggregate them and treat them as a single taxpayer for purposes of determining the employee count. Remember, we talked about that over 100 employees in 2020, um, as well as the gross receipts calculation. So just keep that in mind. If you do have multiple uh, locations, or practices, we do have to aggregate them depending on the level of ownership of each one. Now, I've got some good news for those of you who have purchased practices in 2019 or 2020. Um, I believe it's questions. See, I've been reading this freaking notice way too much. Um, 27 and 28, I think, are the questions on there. So let's say, doctor, you bought a practice in 2020. And you're going to say, well, wait a minute, I don't, I can't measure the 50% reduction between 2020 and 2019. Well, you're not out of the game yet. And we've gotten credits for doctors that have bought practices in 2019, 2020. Jim, as I understand it, what, what Treasury and SBA has allowed you to do is to step into the shoes of the prior owner. Talk about that for a second. That's a great question, Art. And so, yes, you can, and hopefully you did your due diligence, right, when you purchased the right, practice. Right. So you would have the information available and basically say, okay, well, this practice did this amount of gross receipts last year. And you can say, okay, well, how does that compare to 2020? And basically use those rules to qualify for the credit. Yeah. And 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 so what we what you do is you go back to the uh, either the due diligence that you and your CPA did when you bought the practice, or you go back to the prior owner and you say, hey, you know, doing this, can I just get your your collections for this and this and this period? And they do allow you to estimate for some periods if you bought it in the middle of a period. So we've done that for some folks and, and that's a way. So if you bought a practice in 2019 or in 2020, um, 
there's an opportunity. So let, let's talk about, so, so we, we figure this out. We go ahead, we have an intake form, which again, you can get from me. Um, and it, you can fill it in online and just email it back to me at awederman at idbailey.com. And that'll tell us really quickly where you're at. If you don't have a 50% reduction, we're going to send you an email. Or we're going to call you and say, hey, doc, you know, you don't have the 50% reduction. Uh, it really doesn't make sense to go any further. But if you do, we do the analysis, we do the spreadsheet, we figure it out. Then we help you. If you need it, get on the phone and figure out the SBA forgiveness. We have a team in Tustin that's going to be doing that for our clients. Uh, and then, uh, so so Jim, we have to add the, in my example, it's a $40,000 credit. We've got to add it back to the income, but then we don't get a credit on our personal income tax return for this. How, how do we actually, I mean, really the, the most important thing in this whole conversation is how do I get this money back? That's really what everybody wants to know, right? How, where yeah. does my cash come from? And yeah. so if this is a payroll tax credit. So on a quarterly basis, you're filing your form 941 uh, to pay basically the employee and the employer portion of payroll taxes. Um, well, you're making bi-monthly remittances probably, but uh, basically you're filing that tax return on a quarterly basis. You're actually going to amend your 941 with Form 941X. And for 2020, you know, you would have to amend potentially multiple forms um, if you're claiming the credit in multiple quarters. Uh, but basically, because we're going back and amending 2020 returns, you're going to be fully paid in. So the credit is just going to be uh, basically a check from the government uh, in the amount of that credit. And it takes a little while. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's not like they're turning these around in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's taken them a, a month or two or three um, in some cases to get these these checks to you. But we have seen checks come back to our clients. The, the, the reason it's taking so long, folks, is that the government does not, you know, when you when you file your personal or your corporate return, uh, whether it's with I Bailey or your CPA, uh, I, I, well, if you do, I think it's, if you do more than one, if you prepare more than 100 tax returns in your CPA practice, you are required to e-file. I believe that's the rule. Um, so there is no CPA that I'm aware of H and R block, whoever you do your taxes with, um, uh, that is not, um, using electronic filing you are not permitted to electronically file a 941X. Now, you might have seen on TV, folks, um, pictures of huge trucks during the heat of the pandemic in April, May, June of last year. And they would show pictures of trucks and the trucks would be open. And there's these piles of thousands of paper filed returns sitting in trucks because they couldn't even get them into the IRS building because the buildings were shut down. So my understanding, Jim, is they're three to five months behind. So my, I'm telling all my clients, we're going to do this for you. Now, Jim, we got we got some time. The amended returns don't have to be filed that quickly. We've got time, right? So we have a three-year window to amend the payroll tax returns. So you know, from the date it's due uh, or the the filing date, you have a three-year window to to basically file an amended return to claim that credit. Now, I do want to touch on one point that's really important that a lot of people are wondering about that we're wondering about. So there's kind of controversy in the CPA world as to whether or not 50% or greater owner dentists 
their spouses, their kids, their dogs, their goldfish, whoever's on payroll, right, uh, qualify. Uh, Let's talk about that because that issue has not really been resolved, at least in my mind. No, you're absolutely right, Art. So there's some there's some rules that are a little bit more clear than others, right? And anytime you pull a law together, uh, any kind of legislation that gets rushed, um, not everything is thought through. And they try and connect it to other law that's in place, um, but it's not always a perfect fit. In this case, you know, I think it's pretty clear that, hey, if you have kids that work in the practice, they're not going to qualify for ERTC or, or aunts or uncles or brothers or sisters. But with respect to an owner, um, we, we do have a little bit of a gray area. So if you're a less than 50% owner, there's no gray area. We can take the ERTC on you. Um, if you have a greater than 50% owner um, that's getting paid wages, there is a path to potentially take the ERTC. Now, again, it's not cut and dry. We're waiting for guidance on that. The conservative answer is to to leave them out. Um, but, you know, there there may be a path that, again, to me, there, there should be guidance on this, and hopefully we'll get that soon. Um, but right now, it's, it's up in the air, I guess I'll say. So I Bailey's position, which I 100% agree with, I should agree with it, right? I work for I Bailey. <laughs> if I don't, if I don't, <laughs> I, I end up in I Bailey prison or something. I don't know how that works, but anyway. But no, our position, and we're we're a conservative firm, which is when you're a CPA and and you're conservative, your your shelf life is a lot longer than if you take risks in this world because the IRS is very high and mighty and powerful, and you just don't want to mess with them. But our position, the way you've explained it to me, Jim, is this, is is we're telling our clients that we're not taking the credit for, now this is greater than 50% or so. If I have a 50-50 partnership of two unrelated dentists, I get it, right? Yep. Now, if it's a partnership, you're not going to get it because you're not going to be paying wages from a partnership. But if you are, say, 50-50 shareholders in a C or S corporation, it's not, it has to be greater than. So if you're 50, 50 shareholders, that's $10,000. That's a 5,000 credit for each of you. Now, as a tax practitioner, I never recommend that you have multiple owners in a C or an S corp. There's a lot of bad things that can happen. We're not going to get into that today, but if you are, then, then, then you would uh, definitely qualify. So our position at the firm, Jim, as I understand it is that, and this is where a lot of CPAs are going to, is that We're telling our doctors that we're not including the owner or their spouse if they're greater than 50%. Uh, We're definitely not including son, daughter, cousin, grandma, aunt, uncle, because that's very specific in the, there's six categories of people that are excluded. But we're also, like you say, telling them, if you want to be aggressive, what what are you talking about here? You're talking about five or $10,000 plus potential interest and penalty. So doctor, if you you know, want to want to do that? We at I'd Bailey, right, Jim? We have a path that we can take you down and fight with the IRS, and you may win, you may lose. Um, you've heard me talk about Megan Mortimer, uh, folks, on here. Megan is my uh, dear, dear friend, who's become my dear, dear friend. Uh, she is a congressional lobbyist for the American Dental Association. Um, she and I text um, about this stuff, and and I've I've been. <laughs> she's probably tired of hearing from me. 
So, Megan, you told me that Congress was coming out with Treasury was coming out with guidance on this in uh, two weeks, two weeks ago. She says, yeah, I know. But as soon as I know, you'll know. Treasury is supposedly working on this, Jim. So hopefully we'll get some guidance, uh, which is why we and again, you know, we may hold off on some of these filing the amended returns. So the important thing until we get the guidance, because. God, I'd hate to file your amended return. And then Congress says, uh, Treasury says, yeah, we can do this. And then I missed five or 10,000. I got to go back and file another amendment. And so, you know, that that's kind of one of the things we're looking at. But uh, the important from a time frame standpoint is getting the forgiveness done. Now, there are rules that talk about, I believe, that even if you go past the date of the 10 months and you make payments, you're still not dead in the water. We're not going to get into that, but we want to get this done before the 10 month period is over so that everybody doesn't lose any sleep and stuff like that. So, so that's the key. And if you've amended, if you've extended your tax returns, like we've told all of our clients to do, we got to get that done by September 15th. So there is a time frame on this, but again, Jim, it's really important to note whether a doctor has filed for forgiveness or not of their PPP loan, they are in the game. 100%. Absolutely. Just because you filed uh, for forgiveness does not mean you're excluded from ERTC. We can still make it work. And there's time. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're talking, uh, you know, if you listen to this in June, you get June, you get July. Many of you are going to have uh, a good chunk of the month of August. It just depends on when the money was deposited into your account. All right. Last thing I want to touch on before we finish up today, Jim, is uh, if 2020 was good, 2021 is better. So, um, they originally, when they passed this in March of last year, it was only for 2020, right? That's correct. So what did they do with the different stimulus packages and, and, and what do we got going on for 2021? Great question. So basically they, they found where basically in December, uh, they extended or they extended and expanded the ERTC. So we got the retroactive rules around taking PPP and ERC, um, but they also extended it for another two months through Q1 and Q2 of 2021. Then, and I'll, I'll get into some of the, the finer details here in a second, but I will mention that the uh, American Rescue Plan Act or the ARPA, which came out in March, went ahead and extended the ERTC for another two quarters. So now we have it in play for Q3 and Q4. So basically each quarter in, in 2021. And where in 2020, you had basically a nine-month window to claim up to $10,000 in wages per employee uh, for five, you know, up to a $5,000 credit uh, per employee. In 2021, each the credits really claimed on a quarterly basis. And so you can qualify up to $10,000 per employee um, in each quarter in 2021. And not only that, it changed from a 50% credit rate to a 70% credit rate. So now for every $10,000, you're getting $7,000 in credit instead of uh, $5,000. So let's take my example from before. I got my dentist who has 10 employees. And that that ten employee, those ten employees, eight of them have uh, ten thousand dollars that they were paid in the first quarter. Which again, you know, folks, we're talking about forty thousand dollar annual wages 
That's about $3,300 a month. Now, if you're in the Midwest, in a rural part of the Midwest or a, a rural part of California, or a rural part of anywhere where maybe wages are not as high as they are in Southern California or New York City, maybe you don't get to 40, but you know, $40,000 for a dental employee, especially a hygienist, a dental associate is, is not that big of a deal. So in my example before for $40,000, um, a credit, we got eight, you know, 10 employees at 8,000, I'm sorry, eight employees at 10,000 wages, $5,000 credit, $40,000 credit for the whole year of 2020. For 2021, if you qualify for the first quarter of 2021, then we're talking same employees, eight employees times 10,000 is 80,000 times 70%, right, Jim? Yep. So that's 56,000 for the quarter, first quarter. Now, we qualify for the first quarter in one of two ways, right? You can. Well, and really, uh, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about yeah, know, the primary way you're qualify is still gross receipts. Right. Um, and so in 20 for 2021, all you need to show is a greater than 20% decline in gross receipts. So you remember back in 2020, we we're talking about greater than 50%, but uh, now it, it's a lower hurdle, right? And basically, there's two ways to qualify for each quarter um, because they have this look back provision. So for quarter one of 21, you can qualify by a greater than 20% drop of Q1 21 versus Q1 of 2019. Again, same base here. Um, or you can do a one quarter look back and say, okay, how did I do in Q4 2020 versus Q4 of 2019? If that was a greater than 20% decline, you qualify for Q1. If you were to qualify with Q1, for example, say, hey, man, Q1 was just rough. Um, I was down more than 20%. Guess what? In Q2, you know, let's say Q2 is a pretty good quarter, um, but we still have that look back period. So we can look back to Q1 and say, gosh, you know what? We were down more than 20%. So now you're you're qualified for two quarters. And, you know, 56,000 times two is 112,000 if I did my math without my 10 key. No, you, you, you did it. You did it. Well, we're, I think we're required to work here to be able to do math, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what it I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like when I talk about tax returns or ERTC, I always talk about my golf score. And you and I, Jim, are avid golfers. And it's like, you know, like my golf score, all ERTCs are quoted approximately. No, no, no. If any IRS agents are listening, no, no, we... <laughs> Trust me, we have spreadsheets that are tied up better than Fort Knox. But but yeah, I mean, you're right. So if we qualify for Q1, now, if we qualify for Q1 because of Q4, we don't automatically qualify for Q2, right? Correct. Okay. So if you, and again, a lot of our doctors have come back, a lot of you guys have come back really, really strong. But I would say 10 to 20% of our doctors are down. I mean, I have a practice that's over three million, and and they've already said to me, "Say, oh my God, is that the case?" And 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 we got them for twenty nineteen, a uh, twenty twenty, I think it was a ninety five thousand dollar credit. We've estimated their credits for the first two quarters of twenty twenty one are going to be close to in total three hundred thousand dollars. I mean, the numbers are stupid. And again, you know, the, the, the calculations are all legal and not fattening and all this stuff. So, 
So 2021, guys, take a look at your fourth quarter of 2020 compared to your fourth quarter of 2019. Take a look at your first quarter of 2020, um, 2021 compared to the first quarter of 2019. Now, let me throw in a little monkey wrench in all this, and then we'll call it a day here, Jim, because uh, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, you know my head hurts already. I'm sure yours does, and our listeners might, but I want to get them the free money here. If they got an HHS grant, when we talk about the gross receipts, a lot of our doctors got HHS grants in, in Q3, Q4, Q1 of 2021. We have to include those as part of gross receipts. Is there anything that's talked about that? So we do, and this is another area where we don't have a lot of guidance, um, but we are including them and we are following the revenue recognition um, that's generally done for book and tax purposes. And so what I've been hearing or working with uh, people in the industry is they're not really recognized as revenue until they're spent. Um, So that may be, uh, you know, maybe you, you got the you know, access to the cash in Q4, but maybe you don't spend it till Q2 uh, of 2021. So we, we've been seeing some areas where people are like, hey, I have access to this money. I don't know how to spend it yet. Um, so they've been pushing that off. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that, that's another complication that uh, we're not going to get into on this podcast, but that's something to look at. So so the, the takeaway from all this as we put a bow on this, Jim, is basically there's still time. There's a lot of money out there to be had. Uh, The United States government is not in bankruptcy yet. Hopefully it won't be for many, many years. But uh, And and what I've heard from Megan at the ADA, from from her conversations, SBA and Treasury, they want business owners to do this. They want you to get this money. And and folks, I've been talking from the beginning of of, of this pandemic, 15 months ago, build a war chest. We don't know where this is going. I mean... Yes, I was watching the Today Show this morning, and you know New York is opening up, Philadelphia is opening up, California opens up June fifteenth. The the country is really starting to open up, um, and 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 we're starting to see things happen, and uh, uh, you know people are starting to do things, and they're starting to travel, and and you know it, look at airfares, that'll tell you that people are starting to travel, right? And and so so we're looking good, but but we never know. We never know what's going to happen. So build your war chest. This is just another opportunity to build a war chest. And while you have to pay tax on the money by adding it back, when you actually get that check in, don't when you enter it into your QuickBooks, just don't enter it in as just some random collection deposit because your accountant's not going to know. Mark it as an ERTC refund because when you receive the actual check, that check is not taxable. Okay, what's taxable is that you have to add back the wages in the year you do this. So, so Jim, any other lessons you've learned? Um, you know, the the fact that you haven't moved to the Maldives or Maldives because of all this. I mean, I, I equate this to someone coming into a dental office, the the board of dental examiners coming into a dental office and saying, "Hey, guys." you have a dental practice, we'd like you to open a cardiology business, or we'd like you to open a radiology business, or we'd like you to open an auto shop in the middle of your dental office. Uh, You need to use the same employees that you have. Uh, We're going to give you some rules, but that's about it. That's pretty much what SBA and Treasury has done to the CPA profession, right? Pretty much, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and definitely more the the auto repair shop in the middle of the the dental office. I, I mean, and and here's the worst part about this. So, folks, and, and I'm not I'm not crying, um, you know, you know, chicken little or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that they came out with these. They passed the law on December 27th. They passed. They 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 came out with the notice 2021-20 on March one. For a CPA, March 1 is the date of tax season, even though they extended tax season to May 17th. So we all had to go till May 17th. And some of you have called me, some of you listen to this podcast regularly. Well, why haven't you started my ERTC? Because uh, the auto shop wasn't open until May 17th. And then everybody takes a breather for a week or so. And we're now back and we're just getting back in this. So I will respectfully ask all of you, and we have thousands of people that listen to the, this podcast when it comes out. I'm going to ask you, be kind to your CPA. Be kind to us. Be kind to you, ADCPA members. Be kind. Because it, it, it has just been brutal. And, and, and I, 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 you know, I've been doing this for 44 years. You know, I, I don't complain about what I do. I pick the profession, folks. But it's tough. We are going to get all this done and we're going to get you all this free money and just be patient with us. So Jim, anything in closing that you want to say uh, about any of this or your experiences or anything? Yeah, just to, you know, to build on that a little bit, we do have specific guidance around things we need to document um, with respect to the ERTC. So it's, you know, so we have a solid basis if you're ever audited for claiming it, right? Um and so just know that is part of the process, right, is making sure we tick all those boxes and meet all the documentation requirements. Um, so it does take a little bit of time to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row and claiming those credits. Yeah, I mean, because we, we, we hold ourselves out as the experts and we need to be able to walk into the IRS and explain to them how did we get our numbers. And, you know, we follow the rules, folks. So my good friend, Jim Donovan, um, I have quite, since I've been part of iBelly, I've only met you on a computer. Um, I'm hoping that the first time I meet you, it's going to be a date with a little white ball with dimples uh, on a golf course. Um, I mean, whistling straights, uh, um, you know, uh, Kiowa, you name it, I'll be there, my gosh. Uh, but uh, you have been just such an uh, such a rock of our firm in helping uh, to, to to manage this monstrous project for hundreds and hundreds of businesses. I'm, I'm kind of managing the dental part of it. And, and we've got a, you know, we, we are, um, we're well over a million dollars. I think we're at a million and a half dollars of credits that we're securing for our clients. Um, we're going to get to several millions of dollars when everybody chimes in. So if you, you know, hang on, Jim, as I take us out of the podcast, folks, if, if you're interested in this, if you haven't looked at it, whether you have filed for forgiveness or not, uh, my phone number is 657-279-3243. That comes to my computer. If I'm not there, I'll get back to you. Uh, if you just want to say, hey, Art, I'm interested in this, send me out the intake form, which is the first step. Uh, the analysis is complimentary, and we'll let you know whether it makes sense for you to do it. Uh, that's A. Wiederman, A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at Ide Bailey, spelled E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Uh, and uh, so if you want us to help you with us, we're here to do that. Uh, again, shout out to my partners, Decisions in Dentistry magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. 
Uh, they've been a wonderful, wonderful partner of our uh, podcast. Uh, and also a shout out to my dear, dear friends at the Academy of Dental CPAs. This is my family. Uh, I helped form this group uh, 20. This is our 20th anniversary. We are meeting in October in Miami. And my joke has been with our president, Alan Schiff out of Baltimore, is that we're not going to have any content because we're just going to be hugging each other for two and a half days because we haven't seen each other in two years. So uh, if you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, we at Ide Bailey, we have many of us who work only with dentists. Um, and you know, let me know if you're looking anywhere in the country. The Academy of Dental CPAs is www.adcpa.org. Um, you know, having a dental-specific CPA has so many benefits. I, I can't even begin to tell you. Jim Donovan. Try and get some rest here. I know that may not happen for a couple of months, but once you do, try and get some 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 rest. Um, I guess I say go Hawkeyes, right? Is that the the deal? That's correct. Yeah, uh, Jim Jim is a proud Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, I am a proud Long Beach State 49er. Our football team has been undefeated since 1993, which is the date they shut down the football program. But what can I tell you? Jim, thanks for your great insight and everything. And uh, thanks for coming on today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you sharing me with all your friends. Oh, no, 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 no. You're you're a smart guy and a really nice guy. Jim is one of the genuinely, uh, just like everybody at this firm, uh, Jim is just one of the genuinely nicest guys that I've met here. And I love the opportunities I get to talk to him. We have to, we have to kind of stop talking golf because we have to talk business sometimes, but it's fun. Um, folks, again, we're we're at the tail end of this pandemic. I'm seeing lots of really good things going on in dental practices. Um, sales are picking up from people that they're thinking about retiring. The stock market's been kind to all of us, uh, and hopefully that will continue. We'll see how that goes. But again, I will continue with my five, you know, my five word phrase: failure is not an option. I love every one of you. I love the fact that I've been. Uh, chosen or chosen, or I chose to work with dentists for my entire career. It's been an absolute blessing and a joy. And you folks are wonderful, wonderful people. And I, I almost feel like this is my legacy to the dental profession, not only this podcast folks, but also the fact that we have this, this window of opportunity that if I can get you, you know, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 and and maybe that motivates you to start a retirement plan. Maybe that motivates you to put some money away for your kid's college. Maybe that motivates you uh, to get yourself out of credit card debt, if you can do that. All these things that I'm passionate about, that's really, really important. That's my legacy. So I will continue to do this podcast until somebody says I can't or kicks me off. And that has not happened yet, fortunately. Um, so with that, I want to say thank you for the honor and privilege of your time Please continue to listen. Please write a review about our podcast. Let us know what you think. Send me some emails. Uh, if you know of a great guest, I'm always looking for great guests. We always have them. And with that, I will uh, say that this has been Art Wiederman, still is Art Wiederman, uh, for the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. 
For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idbailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.